1: Follow Monica on Twitter at Monica Unair Talk on Facebook at Monty Matthews. This is how you live life with Monica Matthews. Life, love and liberty. Happy Monday to you happy early voting in your presidential primary. How about that? Tomorrow's Super Tuesday To so get, get 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 out there and vote. Somebody please let Stacey Abrams know. That she can let her disciples know that today is the day that they no longer have to be disenfranchised. That governess Stacey Abrams has been misleading them this whole time. That's right. Take your vote into your own hand. Allie and I discussed discussed it on our podcast just this weekend about uh, privilege. It was actually aired yesterday on my radio program on WSB out of Atlanta, Georgia, 95.5 FM and AM 750 if you still listen to AM. But privilege, what a privilege it is. Some people think it's a right to be able to vote. It is a privilege. Golly, for as many people died for the cause of civil rights and equality to be able to exercise your vote. It is astonishing to me that someone can make a business model in this day and age out of voter suppression. That's just mind boggling to me. I mean, and it's not, you know, for lack of people getting out to to try to rock the boat and and rock the boat, that too, rock the vote and encourage voters, you know, hey man, like we've got people like Candace Owens leading the charge constantly for Blexit. Like listen, history, your history books were wrong in whatever crappy government school you probably landed in. And, but here's your opportunity zone. Here's an opportunity for you to educate yourself on the actual history of both parties. And there's just been so much confusion around it and all this hyperbolic mess. It's just, you know, no matter what the president does, he's always going to be a racist or a phobe, some kind of an ist or a phobe. We discussed that yesterday too on my show. So, which one are you? You an ist or you a phobe? (laughs) If you're in the state of Georgia, you have new voting machines. Thank you, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Boy, that's going to be interesting, right? I mean, they're rolling out today. It's our first use of them paper ballots. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the new business model is for Ms. Abrams in the event of her party not winning to the extent that she feels like they should. This just came out as well. The Supreme Court will hear a GOP case to get rid of Obamacare. It was written by my colleague, Jamie Dupree, at the Jamie Dupree blog. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court on Monday agreed to hear a legal challenge later this year brought by a series of Republican-led states against the Obama health law, putting the case squarely in the middle of the 2020 race for president. As Democrats accuse President Donald Trump of doing all he can to end health insurance protections for Americans. Okay, goes on to say, where am I? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Even as the legal battle has gone on, President Trump routinely says he is for provisions in the Obama health law, which would allow people with pre existing medical conditions to get insurance coverage. But Democrats point out those would be eliminated if the GOP wins this case on the individual mandate. We will always protect patients with pre existing conditions, the president said over the weekend. But no matter what the president says, we know he really meant something else. Don't believe me? Just ask one of the experts on CNN. <laughs> So whatever comes out of his face is not really what he meant to say. I mean, but that's across the board. These are these are that's the scariest part for me of where we are because whenever you're talking about due process and believability, listen. We all know that for history, you know, for as long as we've had politicians. Too bad a third of the angels didn't figure this out whenever Lucifer was campaigning through the heavens, right? But every politician is accused of telling you what it is they need to get into your drawers. And then they're like the quintessential panty droppers. I'm just telling you. That's what it's like. It's like dealing with 13-year-old boys and girls, but you've got to, 13-year-old boys, but you've got to be able to distinguish and decipher whenever something comes out of someone's mouth and, and what their actions are lining up with their words that maybe they actually mean what they say. I don't know. And tune the rest of it out. Mayor Pete, out of here. He's done right before Super Tuesday. I love all of you conspiracy theorists on Twitter. This is great.
0: I will know? no longer seek to be the 2020 Democratic nominee for president. Thank God. I will do everything in my power to ensure that we have a new Democratic president come January. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg dropping out. The path has narrowed to a close for our candidacy, if not for our cause. After strong finishes in Iowa and New Hampshire, the former South Bend mayor struggled to win over minority voters, finishing fourth in South Carolina Saturday.
1: You know, I'm glad he struggled to win over minority voters. You mean people who identify with their sexuality or their skin color more than their liberty. That's what he meant. So I'm glad that should actually inspire you, Republicans. And for those of you who are qualifying today, I believe we have Doug Collins and Kelly Loeffler qualifying today. I I don't have a definitive on that. I've heard from neither campaign, but that's here in the state of Georgia. Big time Senate race on our hands. Lots of infighting. But that's what that means. And the Republicans are, you know, we've gotten into the into the race as well where it's like, oh, well, maybe we do need to speak to women voters and why aren't they showing up? Well, I can tell you some of them aren't showing up because they've just abdicated, especially in rural Georgia, they've abdicated the vote to the hubby or they're still upset that the president used the P word. You know, because Jesus will be upset about that. We're waiting for Jesus to show up in the Oval Office kind of stuff. <sighs> Go Karen Handel. Oh, I said I wasn't going to endorse in that race, but I lied. I am. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what else? Oh, Pete, this is important. I, I forgot about this. Thank you, Mr. P., my producer. Awesome. He is suspending his campaign, which means that he can still raise money.
0: He can cancel media buys that have already been placed before they air Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, making the difference between his campaign ending in debt or having a few million dollars to spend and throw around during the campaign cycle, as well as submit and get paid for expenses he may have remaining. He is now unemployed. He's not the mayor of South Bend, Indiana anymore, and he didn't have a second job. So I don't think he'll be uh, unemployed for long. I don't either. If Mayor Pete tomorrow were to become employed by or to endorse Michael Bloomberg's candidacy, that wouldn't surprise me. Two former mayors might make a formidable ticket for the Democratic Party. Um, Pete's uh, core constituencies are not the same And they're not uh, cutting away from Mayor Bloomberg's It is a boost for both the Biden and Bloomberg candidacies That he's getting out
1: Bloomberg, and that's Bill Crane of WSB Uh, Bloomberg's core constituency, from what I can tell Especially speaking with my Jewish friends Who are really reluctant to to move away from the Democrat ticket uh, That's their guy It's not, you know, the black folks, it's not the gay folks, it's the Jewish folks. They do not see Bernie Sanders as a viable candidate in any way, shape, or form. He has managed to completely ostracize them and himself from that particular base. I mean, the best thing Bernie's got going for him is your local, is your, you know, your everyday 23 to 28-year-old, maybe 32, disenfranchised with, you know, everything that they believe from their... Preschool days when you guys should have not been exercising time out and whipping some tail. But I'm Southern like that. I don't know. Grab you a switch every now and then and teach your kids that not all things, while we're all created equal, some things are just not equitable. Some things, some trophies you just don't need to have because you didn't earn it. But we have an entire generation of kids who believe him in this craziness that flies out of the face of AOC. AOC. It's astounding. It should really concern you, especially for 2024. So I said, you know, I think Mayor Pete was more of a litmus test for 2024. I really do. Buttigieg is VP? Nah.
0: Also, by getting out early, um, Mayor Pete sort of puts himself in contention because he is clearly one of the most talented voices on those stages uh, in contention for either an administrative position in Cabinet Or number two on the ticket. I still think the Democratic Party is going to need a strong African-American on the ticket to ensure a strong turnout of African-American voters. The difference there literally cost Hillary Clinton the election, but that doesn't mean they'll do that. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't see him as a viable uh, a VP candidate as well. A Cabinet position, sure. Our own mayor's jockeying for that. So, I, you know, I think you may and, – and again, Bloomberg, you know, as we saw in, in some still shots that I saw from um, Alabama from uh, this weekend's uh, Selma march, right, and he was there speaking. You've got like an entire row of black folks who are just like, mm, talk, speak to the hand, <laughs> like their backs turned toward him. He's a little man standing up on top of his little stool at the podium, <laughs> It's a step stool, and they're not facing him, which is kind of a smackdown. Which is like, yep, we're not listening to you. We we have you have nothing for us. And I think that's the question you have to ask yourself if you're still on the fence. What has your party done for you? If if you don't want to look at this as a Trump versus, and you're tired of playing identity politics, what has your party done for you? That's a question that only you can answer. No one else can answer that for you. And you can look back to history. You can look at your bank account. Look at your kids. Look at your savings. Look at your tax statement. I mean, look at things that are just everyday applicable items in your life. What has your party done for you? Like it or not. Matter of fact, someone just sent something to me the other day that I thought was very interesting, that a certain number of ballots, and I'd have to pull it back up, were, um, gosh, I mean, like, a lot of them were just tossed to the side because you didn't pick a side. It's either Republican or Democrat in the primary. Like, you have to pick a side. And you've got a lot, you've got you've got a, a base of people, which is who the Republicans are trying to jockey for, as well as the They're coming for you. So do yourself a favor. Don't sit there like fish in a barrel or like you don't have a voice. This is a privilege for you to exercise your voice. Put on your thinking cap. Use your discernment. Look where the country is. Look where your own life is, your bank account. Do you have a job? We could just start there. Do you have a job? Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think you have a job? Who has stirred the waters for you to become employed? to stir the waters of the economy in this country? Who has done that? Who's been leading the charge? Has has one of your loved ones been, you know, released from prison early? I don't know. You know, people you care about, right, in your particular ethnicity. Has that happened? And what does that mean to you? And listen... There are some issues I have with the first step act. I hope there's like a second step act to the third step act to the let's get this act right. Right. And I know that there are. And I know Doug Collins has got a lot of attack ads right now about him signing on with a particular House resolution. That's like the next step act, you know, that just it seems to be rolling back um, and allowing more people um, out of prison without proper stop gaps in place is really what the opposition is saying. But if you'll go and read the legislation, just type it into your little Google. Y'all look for everything else. You look for sexual devices. You look for dates. (laughs) You look for coupons. You look for everything other than information about stuff that affects you every day. And you wonder why someone can spend millions and oodles of millions of dollars on campaigns to talk to you. To try to convince you that someone else is crappy or someone else or that person's better, and when someone actually has a voting record, then yeah. And if you have questions, ask. Try to connect the dots yourself. And I know a lot of you are. I do want to give a lot of you credit for that. You reach out to me on a daily basis. And my colleagues, where are you on this? What do you think about this? What about this? I appreciate the fact that you're engaged. I really appreciate the fact that you have your kids and your grandkids engaged. It's really important. Certainly not. It's certainly not, hopefully not, the idol of our country, but it's a privilege. You don't believe me? Look around the globe. Look at these kids in China who literally, you know, put their lives on the line, being shot, run over by crap, you know, uh, bludgeoned half to death in the streets with our flag in their hand, singing our national anthem that we're still fighting over. It's racist. The Chinese don't think it's racist. The Chinese are like, Psh, we're all about it. Do you see what we live over here? I mean, come on. It's a privilege to live in this country. That's why on my Twitter handle it says American privilege for location. I live in privilege land, America. <laughs> and it's not because I'm white. Speaking of, I hope I see you in Vegas. I will be there this Thursday through Saturday with a bunch of other patriots having a blast, partying, throwing down. Like it's not 1999. We are throwing down in celebration of the accomplishments of this administration and four more years. So you can go to deplorapalooza.com. Cat Turk, can't wait to see you. He'll be there too, along with um, many other awesome patriots. So it's sure to be a good time. We haven't spent a lot of time. Are How many of you guys are just wiped the hell out? Like you're like, really, we're voting again? The past three years, it's just been such a blur, right? It's been a complete blur of this presidency because it's been one battle after another. And when you stay and battle constantly, it is exhausting and you, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So you have to celebrate. You have to celebrate your gains. And... I want to talk about something very quickly. I want to talk about the art of the apology. Recently, there have been things happening in my personal life that warrant an apology from one person or another. And it occurred to me as I was scrolling through messages and you know, people are asking me, well, where are you on this? Uh, have you reconciled with this person or that entity or this or that? And I thought, you know what, it's probably time to address this whole um the art of the apology okay i make fun a lot of narcissism malignant narcissists you know these are like psychology buzzwords that we use and they tend and when we overuse them they tend to become hyperbole right we just we just we we scoff at it and we mock it and we because we don't really know how to deal with it because it's really difficult to deal with a malignant narcissist um, and even more difficult to deal with passive aggression and politics is riddled with passive aggression. You see that in the Democrat Party, and that's not to slight you if you're a Democrat, but that is that is the primary thing that, um, that they lead with, is if you'll just be, you know, just pay attention to this over here so you miss out on this over here, and then we're going to blame everyone else over there <laughs> for the fact that you missed out. <laughs> so it's like, you know, just roll over, play victim, be passive, and then get really aggressive whenever it's time for you to vote <laughs> to put me in power. So see how that works? The art of the apology. When you apologize to someone, can you please just make it about your behavior? Not how the other person perceived it. Not how they received your behavior. But about your behavior only. Can you put a full stop and a period at the end of your apology? I get it. I know. We like to defend our actions we because we want to be understood and we want to be heard and we don't want to be discounted. I get that. But, or and, when you begin an apology with, I'm really sorry that you took it that way, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> or I'm really sorry that that happened, but you, Right? that's not really an apology and that's not going to lead to the reconciliation that you're more than likely seeking because my three C's never fail. Communication, clarity, connection, right? But there's just something about that apology. I've had this happen to me three times in the past week between colleagues, longtime friends, people in politics, where if someone would have simply stopped at the outset of a major ordeal that turned into something that didn't have to be a major ordeal and simply said, I'm sorry for the perception of impropriety. I take responsibility for that. Please accept my apology. Holy crap. (laughs) Do you realize what could have just been stopped right there? I am sorry that you, that I hurt you. I'm sorry that you took my words in as something that, honestly, maybe you did mean to hurt that person. And that's what you need to apologize for. You've asked me what gaslighting means because I've posted about it recently. That's what it is. It is not, it's not just go watch the movie with Gregory Peck, old, old movie. Trying to make someone think they're crazy by always discounting how they feel and what they think about something. And it's something that narcissists practice ad nauseum. We do it in politics. We do it in our families. We do it in our boardrooms. We do it around the water cooler. We do it with our kids. You know, we're either hyper everything with our kids. Oh, I know your feelings matter more than anything in the world. We don't want them to ever feel discounted. But there's a balance between I see how you could have taken it that way. I'm very sorry that your feelings are hurt. You don't even have to say, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. Like, if you're just not ready to take responsibility, if you're not ready to be the adult, you say, I'm sorry, your feelings are hurt. Please forgive me. God, how hard is that? Because in the end, I'm surrounded by people who are, who have just lost people right now or who are in the process of losing people. And can I tell you, none of this little stuff that we get kerfluffled over and so offended and you know our lives are just so devastated because somebody was actually human none of it matters when you cross over none of it people and and you don't want people leaving with this stuff with a trail of stuff so i want to encourage you today the art of the apology is very important just simply say i'm sorry If you need to defend your actions, start with, can I share with you why I did what I did and why I said it the way I said it, why it ended up, why my perception was what it was. Give the other person an opportunity to simply communicate with you. Stop being so afraid of one another. If we could ever get our personal relationships in alignment, we wouldn't look to government to dictate every aspect of our lives. All right, until tomorrow, you can find me on Monica On Your Talk on Twitter, Monty Matthews on Facebook, at M-O-N-I-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S, iTunes, Stitcher, thank you for subscribing to my podcast and sharing them, sharing them all over the world. Love you. Remember, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror, and if you're an American, please act like one.